He and Smith helps companies grow, and mostly through what, well, I guess a lot of people would call the ruthless tactics of acquisition, right? I know Ian is a warm, insightful, and thoroughly human-centric leader who cares deeply about the people he serves. So let's see how he does it in this episode of Walking the Walk. Inspire, empower, and guide people to their very best. These are the people who are walking the walk. Your host, the original sensei leader, Jim Bouchard. You know, Ian founded the Portfolio Partnership in 2009, and over the last eight years or so, Ian and his team have scaled over a dozen New England-based businesses, many with overseas offices in uh, Europe and Asia. Ian's career covers a 30-year period of creating remarkable businesses in Europe and in the United States, and he shares his wisdom and experience in a series of books he calls his playbooks. And in my hands right now, Ian, I have the one you gifted me, the, the Acquirer's Playbook, a little process map that works. Well, first of all, it ain't little. <laughs> you know, I'm, the, I'm on the leadership side, not the management side. So I look at all these uh, flow charts and, and steps. But you have broken it down to really, I think, a logical. Yeah, all joking yeah. aside, I yeah. could even understand it. So if I can understand it, I think anyone with some, some serious business acumen can understand it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's... Uh... It, it, you know, codifying things, um, people people love complex things broken down, and that's how I learned. So that's how I wrote it, you know. I mean, that's you right. break things down. Yeah. Well, that's one of the biggest, uh, you know, I think it, most important responsibilities of a leader right, is to take complexity and make it simple, right? Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And exactly. I know that's something you do. I always enjoy listening to the way you explain things. Well, I, I think that we, we both uh, enjoy, I mean, you're, you're much do, doing it more comprehensively than I, I ever did, but certainly teaching and speaking on a subject really tells you how little you know about it. Mm. You know, it really tells you that, that you now quite quickly, either you learn <laughs> or you stop doing it. But you, you know, I, I found writing and, and, and talking about these things, which I don't do that often, but it, it over 10, 20 years plus, um, it sharpens you up. And then as you start to execute and do it, you, you really do get to know a subject really, really well. And only then can you explain it simply. You know, well, it, it, right? And the writing helps so much too, doesn't it? Because when you see yeah. it carved onto the page like that, it really right. Right, helps you focus it. I, I, I don't know. Well, I know. Somebody smarter than me, I think, it said something simple that... that <laughs> It hit me um, when I was doing uh, the blog posts uh, 10 years ago when I started doing this blogging thing. And it's it's almost, you know, I write to see what I'm thinking, which that was such a simple way of putting it for me because I would have very sort of clear thoughts on it, almost any business process, way beyond acquisitions, you know, recruitment, uh, financial, metrics, salesmanship, marketing. Um, until I wrote them down in three or four hundred words, I'd be like, okay, it's actually I, I do have a logical thought process on this, but it, mm -hmm. it, it it's it's something that um, it's very difficult spontaneously just to throw out exactly what you know. You you really have to order your thoughts. That's what writing right. does. It really orders your thoughts. No, absolutely. And you know, I I know you're dealing with some with a process that's highly technical, and it, and it right. needs to be expressed right. that way. Right. But you know, be, I, I'm cheating a little bit because I know you, but right. it seems to me that in your writing, there's, there's, and this is what our whole focus is, you know, there's a humanity mm -hmm. that comes across. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. know that uh, because of our conversations and listening mm -hmm. to you, 
um, mm. that there there is a huge, huge emphasis on the humanity mm. behind this process, right? A oh, lot of right. people just look at this as let's go grab this company, pay a right. fair price for it, right? Or, right. or better than a fair price. And, and oh yeah. But talk about a little bit about sure. the human beings that are behind this process. You know how do, how do you let's approach it first from the idea that somebody's going to scale up and, and especially right. if they're going to acquire another company what should they be looking for on the people side it isn't all just in on the yeah. balance sheet is it oh no it, it, it's, it's superbly uh, well well put i mean i i think that um you know the way i look at it sometimes it's it's some it, it's unnerving to think of it this way but acquisitions are really really easy you just overpay <laughs> <laughs> You know, I can buy anything if I've got the number right. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sell to you, Jim. Okay, you say, well, how about fifty? You say, look, come on, I've been at this a long time. I'm not going to sell it for fifty million. All right, how about eighty-five? Okay, where are we meeting for dinner? <laughs> it's like, I mean, uh, no. Okay, not everyone's got a number, but I'm just saying right. that the, the 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 difficult part of making acquisitions a success is the human part. Mm. That's the very essence of why you make them successful. And I, I, was, I was thinking about this um, in terms of the, the, the humanity part. And it's, you know, people used to say to me, you know, I really don't want to have another conversation about, about this with you because you'll just persuade me of, of, of the way you're thinking. And I don't mm -hmm. want that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like because I come at things. I only know how to come at things from an open, transparent kind of fair way I, I just the way i've mm -hmm. been wired my girls both daughters seem to be and my wife I mean, we just as a family you know it leads to fairly open discussions but at least we're quite transparent i mean mm -hmm. i and i i see in executives and i know you see this jim as well this this inward thinking this this lacking of transparency this lack of openness it, it just leads to bad places and and i think in the acquisition context um, a leader that isn't prepared to be transparent and open about their direction and their strategy and their storytelling, you know, they're never going to go to a good place. Mm. So because when sellers first enter a dialogue with an acquirer, you know, acquirers have got to turn the volume up on empathy, you know, on, on, on selling or at least explaining their story and often that first step is where the misstep starts. It doesn't start on page 25. It starts on page one. Right, they, right. They're arrogant. They're not particularly great storytellers. They don't seem to be engaged in the seller's life. They're, they're not even trying to um, kind of look at the cultural fit. And, and the sellers are really smart people. They've built a $30 million business. You know, mm -hmm. th there's not that many people do that, or 10 million, or 5 million. I mean, right. it doesn't matter what the number is. And so uh, the biggest um, failure, uh, the, the reason acquisitions are, are, are a failure, it, is it can only be measured by the post-acquisition integration part because every, a lot of acquirers can get over the line by buying it and overpaying. The, the success of an acquisition is, is it, is it a happy place? Has it been a success two or three years on? And so to get that success, you've you, you got to look at the cultural belief system of the seller because you're going to be living with them for the rest of your – I mean, you're buying a house with a family still in it. That's, right? a, that's a beautiful way to say it because, you know, yeah. so many times – um, you know, especially I think 
acquirers that are hyper aggressive and only focused on the financials. Right. Um, you know, we've heard and I've run into leaders that have, have made this mistake. You know, right. they, they went after, you know, what looked like a nice ripe piece of fruit. Right. Um, but without looking at that culture, you're trying to take mm-hmm. and, and, you know, when mm-hmm. when you're acquiring a company, mm-hmm. I like the way you say it because you really are bringing them into your family. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so, so the culture is hugely important, right? Well, how, well, how do yeah. you how do you identify if that culture is good fit, and what's the reflection? Because of course, I know right. at, at the level you're dealing with, <clears throat> I know you do management by walking around too, so you get mm. to know front lines. But mm-hmm. what what are some of the tells from the leaders in an organization so that you can right. you can suss out if and, I, yeah. and and believe me, I'm not judging. I've learned in this business, I'm not yeah. judging what type of culture you have. Uh, no, no. An NFL sure. locker room looks a lot different than the Red Cross, right? right. But having said that, <laughs> right. the, the NFL right. guys wouldn't work well in the Red Cross necessarily or vice versa, right? So right. how do you find that right marriage? What's the tell so, in the leader? So this is this is the ju- – I mean you're right on top of the, the jugular issue, which is behind the research of why acquisitions have got such a bad track record. This is actually mm. the nub of the research, which if, if we back up a minute – and I'll say a couple of quick things just to bring a reality to what you're actually doing. So when you're recruiting a person and you're recruiting a new uh, payroll clerk, a new finance director, it could be a new warehouse manager, it doesn't really matter. You're focused on that person in, in their background. When you buy a company, you're recruiting 156 people on a Monday morning. Mm. You're, you're recruiting mm. a, a whole – instantly you've got another 150 or 10 or 15 people. Mm-hmm. So – when you think of it that way, um, you've got this tiny window when you first approach a target to get to know them in the next three months, five months, six months. But it's it's a relatively short window. I mean, we encourage people to our acquirers to get to know the market and get to know people over years. You know, mm-hmm. IBM are very good at that. You know, or Oracle they they will have partnerships so they'll get to know people oh, and then yeah. it's, no, it's no great surprise that they acquire them. You know, it's kind of like the pre-acquisition stage, you know, getting to know them. But, or, but Acquire they, or qualify them, right? So Because you can exactly. see that they're not a good fit, right? It, well, well, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. but the secrets of, of what you say, how I've built it into our, my process is why I think it's a wee bit different and why it's got a better chance of success because there's no guarantees in life, right? Um <laughs> Let's be, let's be I, think we're, I think we're singing in harmony there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're all we're all enough made enough mistakes to tell people. <laughs> trust me on this one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, no, no, it doesn't work like that. No, no, it does. Um, uh, I, and I think what I decided was that what is missing from any kind of process map? Because look, the process map at the end of the day should involve a couple of building blocks. You know, you set you, you strategically work out which direction you want to go in, then you search. And it's very difficult to hide a $25 million company. I mean, you can't hide it under a rock. They tend to sit above the ground, you know. I mean, it's not, you know, no, they're, they're, you know, the search engines are there to find things, right. you know. I mean, believe me, me, back in the 80s when I brought out the 15-inch Bible of Compass or some other search tool, I had to use the, you know, turn 4,000 pages to find the, the, mm-hmm. the, the company. You know, now I press a few buttons and, you know, I've got search engines helping me. So search uh, the company based on that strategy. So finding them's not the issue. And ultimately, you're going to talk to them, do a deal and buy it. So, I mean, somebody says, well, I, I, that's how it works, right? Yeah, but the subtlety is I've got 25 stages in that, in that little process of searching, finding mm-hmm. and buying. Mm-hmm. And in those 25 stages, I've got way up in stage six and seven and in 14 and 15, I've got it dotted everywhere, post-acquisition integration Thinking. So I'm saying to acquirers, 
how dare you engage with a seller with the audacity of not thinking through how you're going to bring them into your company, mm-hmm. whether there's a fit, whether they'll enjoy the experience. Forget the checkbook. How dare you engage with in, and break your seventy Sunday's life right. and not um, articulate why you think it'll be a happy marriage? Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, half of acquirers don't even think that way because it's not in their process. Whereas, yeah. you know, I'm constantly asking people, uh, and, and and I've heard acquirers say to me, "Look, Ian, it's awfully early to be thinking about how we'll we'll run the company." Well, you've phoned them, you're missing them. <laughs> How, you know, how early is that? <laughs> it's so interesting you're saying that because sometimes sometimes when I'm speaking, again, and I've learned over the years, too, to stay brutally focused on, right. the, on the human side of things. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. But having said that, a lot of times I'll go to an event and, you know, when I, well, actually, I should back, back this up a little bit. Sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm speaking, I'll throw something out there and, and somebody mm-hmm. will say, well, geez, how did you know that? You know, you said, mm-hmm. I, said, I said, because you didn't know who I was last night and I was sitting at the bar next to you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and, and right, and they had no idea. They had no idea who I was. No idea. And so I'm yeah. just listening, right? I'm yeah. listening. And some of the things I'm listening, and I, I want to throw this at you and see, you know, mm. what your response is. I think mm. a lot of times when, and it's, it obviously fits so so nicely in what we're talking about today with acquisitions mm. and, and selling. Right. Um, people do. They ask an awful lot. They talk an awful lot right. about what people are in certain roles, mm. and it seems mm. very little about who the people are. Right. Right. And then there's right. a shock afterwards. Well, they, the person could have been I often say this, you know, too many people uh, confuse the word leader with high performer, for example. Right. So someone's produced the results, yet right. the company's culture might be in, in a shambles. And I tend to look right. I don't know, like one of the tells I'm looking, I always want to see what the churn is. You know, how many people yes. are turning over yes. in that organization? But what what are some of the things that we can get to well, you know, to understand who the leaders are and, and who the people are in this company? Yes, so I, I think what um, what we're finding is, and I think research is helping, you know, Gallup or whatever, and, and you've talked about this, there's so much more research now mm-hmm. and care and, 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 and concern about engagement right. and the, mm-hmm. the results of research on engagement and the uh, corollary and impact of bad engagement. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I grabbed some stats as part of an acquisition speech I did a while ago, and I was talking about this engagement thing, and I said, I mean, you know, um, you know, basically, uh, you know, 71 percent of American workers are kind of pissed off at, at work. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. and, 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 yeah. and hugely so. so right? Exactly. Yeah. Hey, that no, that no. There's some good news here. Mm-hmm. You know, 29 percent are happy. They were, like, they were laughing. <laughs> I said, no, no, there's even better good news. That's yeah. the best there is in the world. That's the biggest number. Wow. I mean, yeah. Iran is something like 12 or, or no, six. Yeah, you know the UK is about twenty five. You know, in twenty nine percent, it's a good score. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and and I so I think when you look at oh. leadership and, and identifying leaders, I mean, we've just I'm just finishing off the integration of a French acquisition with a, a Massachusetts based private group. It's a mm-hmm. big private group, mm-hmm. um, and you'd think the French language. I mean, it was a tough barrier. You know, there was a lot of English spoken, but you know. Um, but, you know, the thing that really worked well in the integration phase and why it's working well is that we've got a culture in the acquirer. It's an ESOP, employee shared ownership, and it's a very – their biggest um, genetic kind of piece is um, the relationships that are big fan of – it's all about relationships mm-hmm. inside the company, no matter where you are in the company. And this target, despite the French language – we're all about relationships. The, the, the owner of 71 
who was a genius, very paternal, uh, openness, um, trying to make people um, build on the relationships. So, in fact, that shone through in, mm-hmm. in meeting after meeting after meeting. Um, and so, you know, and then if you take the opposite of that, an advertising agency in New York having to expand into the software world by buying companies with Java developers in them, well, right. you just you just feel the immiscible liquids there. You just know that's going to be tears before bedtime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can mm-hmm. feel it. Yeah, yeah. And 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 it, and it is a see. I I'm a big fan of the concept that there's no bad or good employees. There's just good and bad fits. It's all about fit. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, there's some bad apples. <laughs> Who's kidding? Who? I'm just saying norm, I think, and it's the same. Yeah, in general, in general. In general. Yeah. And and I think if people would, uh, and the research backs this up, if people, if acquirers would just factor in the fit piece, Mm -hmm. strategy, yes, it has to be the right strategic fit to expand in that aerospace market or that, you know, high tech, semiconductor manufacturing. I mean, why, you know, you're not going to buy a pizza chain, right? So the strategic imperative is there and you have to, you have to be ready for the financial performance. You don't really, unless you're, you're really a good at them, I wouldn't recommend turnarounds. You know, buying a company cheap could be the most right, expensive right. thing. It's, hard to, f- it's hard to fix bad. Oh, well, I mean, the post-acquisition you know? costs yeah. are horrendous. Yeah, yeah. So, some, so some, things should, some, some things are better left to die. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it, it, there's some specialists that are good at it. Uh, yeah. Good luck to them. But, but the third thing is uh, cultural and, and belief systems, which... If you think about it, that latter part is the biggest underpinning factor for the integration success. Because if you don't have that, you can have all the processes in the world. And we've got some great integration processes by department of things you should be worrying about, right? Mm. But if the fit isn't there, it, people can game the system. You know, yeah, well, that's really the thing, honest. isn't it? Too, too often, yeah. I think people forget it's people that are running these processes, you yeah. know, so if the people are, uh, yeah, but I like, I, I don't want to lose sight of this, but you said something, and you know what? I got to do a commercial for you first though. Right. If anybody, you know, anybody's listening to this, I know Ian just said he, he doesn't do very much speaking these days. He should, because I'll tell you what, <laughs> you should have him come. Not only is he one of the most knowledgeable people in this area that I've ever run into, but he, he's also so thoroughly entertaining. You, you just, just have, he has a great way of presenting things. So invite him into your organization, invite him into your next meeting. Uh, and long before, I'm going to say long before, um, you know, if you have any, any plans on your horizon for scaling, now's the time to bring him in and, and hear what he has to say. And I promise you, he won't, he won't give you, well, I won't even say a hard sell. You're like me. You won't even sell. You just explain yeah. things and then people can. But let's get back to this yeah. thing about the bad fit. One of the things we've been working on a lot lately is organizations that want us to help them overcome a resistance to change. And when I first started hearing this, I said, well, why do you want to overcome the resistance? I right. said, if people have concerns and they're sharing them with you, that's a, mm. that's a positive. It's sort of like what you just said with the with that data you know about engagement if people are willing to talk that's a good thing let's let's address their concerns early let's get them involved let's get all levels involved early and often and then you it'll it'll ease the it'll ease the transition it's you know but don't overcome the resistance so so i think sometimes when you see employees uh you know the the employees on the front lines look like bad employees i would i'm going to look first at the leadership you know because i believe what you're saying uh you know look at the Recent yeah. events at Wells Fargo, for example, were those right, all right. rotten people, or were they good people put in a really right. rotten circumstance? Right? Absolutely, yeah. So, no, I, yeah. I think responsibility. I, I, I immediately go when someone leaves a company, mm-hmm. it's my fault, 
not mm-hmm. theirs. I mean, I've always believed it's that. It's a good first place to look anyway, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. To, to start with, that's mm-hmm. right. It, 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 in terms of the kind of discovery phase of, mm-hmm. of solving the problem, I yeah. always start with that part. Mm-hmm. Now, the diagnostic phase, maybe, okay, it wasn't my fault. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, because when I look at the detail, but I, I think that that's right. The, 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 the kind of leadership um, gap um, is evident prior to acquirers going on the acquisition trail. They just take it with them on the acquisition trail. I oh, mean, yeah, yeah. it's not like if they suddenly discovered that they're not very good at leadership when they're buying another company. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I also say acquisitions are for operators, meaning, you know, I, I was in investment banking for a while and I, I, I worked very, very hard to make sure that the process and the meetings would end up in a place where people joined the company in a good frame of mind because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the problem um, with people, people can, can pretend to be in a good frame of mind and, and, and they'll, get you, they'll get even after the deal, which is the worst thing because <laughs> they've, got, they've got the money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they might be on an earn out, they may be on extra, extra money later, but yeah. they've probably got the barrel load of the money. So they're like, yeah, who cares? And, and, and I think that's where, again, the human side of things with acquisitions, you, you know, it, it could be any project. It doesn't have to be an acquisition. But one of the very basic lessons I learned through interaction, because interaction in, a, in an acquisition, it really should be framed uh, as a negotiation. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're almost negotiating when in the calendar you're going to meet. I mean, everything's a negotiation in that sense, in a nice way. Mm-hmm. It's not just a, like a pricing meeting where you're negotiating. Right. You're negotiating information, facts, clarity, you know, your constant character. character you, you, mm-hmm. you, it's always, you're kind mm-hmm. of, you know, it's a little dance. But one of the secrets I learned early, um, which is disarming, uh, in these quite intense conversations, because trust is, is the thing you're trying to get a get a get a real grip on and, and, and be mm-hmm. natural, right? You're just trying to get that trust. Mm-hmm. Is people often um, deliver a message, and you know the, the, the instinctive reaction sometimes, especially when you're tense, is, is to have an an anger of, of a rea- an angry mm-hmm. reaction. You know, it's almost like well, what, what do you mean? And, instead of instinctively taking a step back and asking why ask the question of so why why do you believe that just help me understand why you believe that and when they actually do that sometimes number one they're flawed and therefore you can you can unpack that Mm -hmm. number two um they might have a phenomenal insight in which case you're wrong they're right you know Mm -hmm. but now you understand why and in negotiations with acquisitions that skill set is highly intensified. So if you're not good at it in an HR sense inside your own company with with regular meetings, you're going to be atrocious on the acquisition yeah. show because the lights and camera are on. It's mm-hmm. a much more intense. So I I learned some of those skills in in, in the most horrendous stage, which was um, there was there was no there was no safety net. You know, right, <laughs> was, right, right. It was it was tightrope walking without a safety net, which is dangerous, but. If you get good at it, it's okay. You yeah. just, so I, I think that human part keeps coming back again and again. You know, do you really, you know, Warren Buffett um, was, you know, famously said that he knew more about the targets than he knew about themselves by the time mm-hmm. he went to detailed mm-hmm. negotiation. And that's not a bad mindset uh, to, 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 to adopt that workload because, number one, it's very flattering. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you tell me... Um, you know that uh, 
you've looked at the portfolio partnerships website and 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 the team and you're very impressed by last week's press release of the acquisition in France I'm like okay this guy's this guy's doing some homework right and, yeah and I, I think that's you know I've always prepared uh you know it, it's it's a pain it's an asset whatever but I I've always overprepared. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. You, you know, know of course, mean? that's that's the mentality we're always talking about around here with yeah. the black, black belt mentality, right? Yeah. Warren Buffett's a good example, though, too, because talk about a, you know, a great example of a human-centric leader. You put the mythology aside, and right. I've heard him talk about this where, you mm. know, a, a lot of times when he's assessing investments, when he's assessing where where is he going to put his, well, not it's not just his money, his clients' right. money, right? Right. Uh, you know, he does look at the character of leadership, that that's yes. very important. And he's he's been burned very few times, you know, he has. That's right? right. But that, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're all going to get burned sometimes. But yeah, uh, you know, no, that, he, that's it. We talked about the relationship thing. Can you give a couple of other what, yeah. what are the what are the qualities that mm-hmm. you look for in a leader when you're when you're advising someone to acquire a company? What are the you know, and right. you're looking at their leadership. What are the like top right. two or three qualities in their leadership that that really tells you, you know, this is a good company. Uh, right, you know, we're, right. we're putting our money in the right place. Yes, I. So what I, I, I'm always, I'm always looking for, you know, how often do they do town hall type meetings to inform uh, yeah, all, yeah. all the employees mm-hmm. um, how we're doing. Not, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm nervous of of the presentations that are heavy on promises and light on delivery of what we've done. So you know I, what? Right there, I yeah. want to focus on that one before I go yeah. any further because. I know you have such a vast experience with international business, mm-hmm. and I'm specifically I've got a couple of people in mind that I'm going to send this to because mm-hmm. I, I I'm going to I can anticipate some of your answer. But mm. the idea that um, that idea that transparency you talked about earlier, this idea of the town hall, sharing information, getting input from all levels, right? You know that's a challenge in some places. And yeah. we've had a couple of, of people, especially I remember some, some of our friends in Jamaica who said, and I understand what they're saying. They said, well, right. if we go and we seek input from, from our uh, subordinates, it's looked yes. at as weakness like or incompetence. I don't know what right. I'm doing. And they want right. to change. They understand, especially as we're dealing you know, across cultures internationally, um, right. that that has to change. That mentality has to change. But, right. you know, yeah, just, just right. elaborate on that a little bit, how important sure. that is and, and how have you bridged that cultural gap at times? Because I know you've probably run into that. Right. So what, what I've found is that I, I think the, the, the overseas kind of cultural thing, whether you're looking at it through a UK lens like mm. I was. And it uh, happens here too. I don't want to make anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that's yeah. right. Or, or you're looking at it from an American lens, which I do now as well. So whatever lens you're looking at, I, the first thing I might surprise you by saying is that the cultural gap a- across countries is overdone. Mm-hmm. It's way overdone. Right, the right. Basic, the basic humanity. I've you. been in Japanese boardrooms. Mm-hmm. I've been in whether it's to do with a Sarbanes-Oxley and accounting type, you know, legislative issue that affected mm. the world. There was a Japanese version of Sarbanes-Oxley, a technical accounting thing. But there's always like boardrooms operate across the world in in very similar ways, mm-hmm. and 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 it's about clarity of why you're having a meeting it, mm. it's you know i don't care whether it's 400 people in a town hall or the three uh, or four leadership management leadership team getting down around a table why are you meeting not enough people are asking the question mm-hmm. why does this meeting exist if they just act because you know, it may have been put in place in 1974 right, right. <laughs> they're, mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. they're still meeting every monday yeah. it's like wait a minute wait a minute well time out so 
I think so. I think these town hall meetings be really clear on on what it is the objective is. Is it, is it just information? Are, are you looking for feedback? Is it a Q and A session? What's your expectation? And I think the other the other tip is uh, when you're having these meetings. Um, I, I think you've got to be very, very careful when you garner input. Now, this could be a kind of customer initiative where you're asking the customer things like voice of the customer, or it could be employees or anything. You've always got to put a health warning on, on that and people miss this part and therefore they get into trouble. Ask for feedback, but you've got to say to people, hey, just so you know, I can't answer and I can't action all of it. But there you I, go. Yeah. I, I yeah. welcome that input mm-hmm. and that will go into our discussions and, you know, you've got to trust me on that. Like, I, right. I, I, you know, it, it will get as much weight. But, you know. But are you, see, are you seeing that yeah. that's less and less of an issue that way? That, um, you know, it, are these holdovers where uh-huh. people feel threatened, you know, by soliciting that input? Is that is that dying off? Is that something that. I, I think it is. Yeah. I think it's. Because it, we know we can we could cite all kinds of research to show that even right. if you have a deep cultural belief in that type of, of mentality. Right. It, right. It, it's right. not effective anymore. And it's because of what you said, you know, and that's yeah. it's interesting. Some right. of these are holdovers, too, from, you know, there's certain cultures we're working in now. And, mm. no, you know, it's I'm, I'm well, I think you'll understand mm. the spirit I'm saying uh, yes. some of the countries in Africa there. It's right. holdover. They had a very yes. communal type of, of organic right. management culture. Right. right? right. But right. then the the because of the colonization, there's right. vestiges of and I'm going to say it was it's not just UK, but the no. industrial sure. age American European model, which was command and control. Right. Which simply, right. you know, it worked when people were just extensions of machines for a short time, right? Sure. But sure. But you just but, said it. People are yeah. people everywhere. Yeah. The basic fundamental human needs, and we're only going to do our best when we know our leaders care, when we know our work means something, when we know we can right. grow and develop. So, so, so I, yeah, how do you overcome that? Threat? So here's well, here's two examples. One from yeah. the acquisition world that mm-hmm. are quite useful. I, I so I I for one of my clients. So you know our work. Uh, often involves us it's almost like i call it fractional c-suite where our, mm-hmm. our work takes us inside our clients you know one day two days a week every week right we're actually mm-hmm. embedded you know in marlborough in new hampshire whatever it may be right and we're and we're performing these we're kind of the acting chief marketing officer or with the with the acting C- C- cfo or with the acting coo or we're, we're, at, we're you're, acting, you're grafting yourself to, to that be. company yeah 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 we, we're, yeah. we're embedded mm-hmm. to to enhance the team and mm-hmm. people know why we're there. And I mean, you, and we, so I found a very, uh, you know, a very, very smart lady that, that uh, to fulfill that kind of marketing manager role. And I've always believed this, but, but she is a great example of that. She's so smart, credible education, credible person, very open, uh, not a bad bone in her body, just the right kind of individual culturally as well. And we perform reverse mer- mentoring, reverse mentoring, mm-hmm. because, she knows things that is bringing me up to speed quicker. It could be search engine optimization. It could be right. social media. Really, it could be something that. But because I'm still at this old age, prepared to learn. <laughs> well, there it is, right? There's the I, heart and soul I, of it. Yeah, I will explain it. But equally, yeah. I'll explain to why in Salesforce, mm-hmm. why 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 a sales process is more important than the Salesforce automation part. It's mm-hmm. about the process. You know, all it does is. I mean. Yeah. You know, you can have crap and it'll automate crap. You know, that's the way, <laughs> that's the way it works in the world. And yeah. she, she loves that. I don't think she's had that much. So, but then I was lucky enough in the, in the 80s in Thompson's, the publishing giant, to be mentored 
by a really, really smart boss mm. who, who is prepared to put the time in. So, you know, yeah. what comes around goes around. You know, it, so I, I don't, I think, so that's helping. And then on the acquisition side, I think what you're seeing more is is the um, arrogance of acquirers is being toned down much more now as they recognize that tricks and tips that the seller is doing could be a spreadsheet model or database or a process yeah. is better, th better than theirs. Uh, like, oh yeah. like there's things in France they're doing mm -hmm. that blew our mind. Mm -hmm. It's really, but these are really, really smart engineers why right. why wouldn't they be smarter than i mean do we know all the answers i don't think <laughs> well, so. you know mark i just heard a, an interview with mark cuban and he says that right. it was funny because i was ready to i still probably will write the blog and, and take the the opposite right. point of view because he right. he spoke against mentors now right. when he was talking about it it was obvious that he had mentors yeah. he just wasn't calling right. them that and he That's said right. it exactly what you just said you know this question yes. of leading up we get a lot these days of course you can if people are, right. are you know open to it Yes. And, you know, the idea is that um, he said he wanted to surround him. He always hired people that were smarter than him. Well, that's exactly yeah. what we're talking about. And that's sure. and, right. That's that leading up or mentoring from. How did you you say it? Mentoring from uh, re reverse, reverse mentoring. mentoring. Yeah. Reverse yeah. Mentoring. And that's the phrase I heard. It was my no, no, idea. But we, we should yeah. do a, we should do a whole episode. Of that. We've yeah. got to wrap things up for today. But, sure. you know, Ian, sure. this, first of all, it's been way too long. I know. I know. Okay. It has. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Know, we love, uh, you know, the new. Well, it's not so new anymore, but walking the walk's been around. A little yeah. more than a year now. Right. We've had great guests like you, yeah. um, and we want to share you. share your wisdom all over the world. So yeah. hopefully you'll come back on a regular basis. I'm going to hold you to that, actually. Right. Sure. I, that's not a question. That's a, you know. That's a statement. I know. I, I always <laughs> preach command and control is over. I say, nope, you're going to be back. You're that's the boss. It. You're the boss. You don't, you don't <laughs> Look, I'm still a badass, right? <laughs> that's right. Whatever you say, I'm a, I'm a baddie. I can't get rid of that. But anyway, that's and I'm going to say again, um, yes. you know, from the heart, uh, anyone who's listening today, Yes. And you want to know not just about, you know, the mergers and acquisitions. Ian has right. such a, a just a broad, you know, sure. scope of knowledge when it comes to business uh, right. and leadership and management. Right. So have him come to your to your organization and uh, and have right. him give a talk. And again, I'll promise he, he won't he won't do the hard sell on you. Uh, sure. You'll get great information, and then if you want to do business with him, well, there you go. Yeah. That'll um, that'll happen organically. Yeah, no, and, and email whatever you you know whatever the way you want to reach out to me. But well, let's let's start, yeah, let's tell people yeah. how to get in touch with you, how to yeah, get to the I mean, website, the how to get these great, just my, great books. My email here. because you know I can then I can then you know uh, I'm always literally mm -hmm. checking it way too often. Um, it's Ian I A N at yeah. uh, T P P. That's Tommy Peter Peter T P P Boston dot com. And the website's PortfolioPartnership.com, right? That's right. That's right. And the books are available there and on Amazon and everywhere yes. fine literature is available, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Anywhere you want. There's a book section there which actually uh, uh, technologically links to a company called Amazon, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll see it right there. Ian Smith right next to Steinbeck. In the... <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Ian, cool. thanks so much. Hang, hang on you. for a minute afterwards. And, uh, and there you go. Ian Smith. Thanks. The Acquirer's Playbook, and lots of other great information for you. Thanks so much for being with us today. My pleasure. Keynotes, workshops, retreats, webinars, and ongoing training. Each program customized to your unique needs, interests, goals, and budget. Inspire, empower, and guide people to their very best. Learn more about Jim Bouchard and the Sensei Leader at thesenseileader.com.